Life is a journey. And we're traveling through the times of life, and I think it's important for us to, to know that sometimes we, we might not be sure where we are heading, and it's always advisable to ask for directions. And I know men are notorious for not being willing to ask for directions. And um, I just want to, to tell the ladies here that it's not because we are uh, in any way arrogant or stubborn or that we have inflated egos. The truth is this, men actually never get lost. <laughs> we might take a different route every now and then. <laughs> I heard somebody say, say that men's refusal to ask for directions has added at least 1,500 kilometers to their life. Um, in any case, what I'm trying to say this morning, I want to speak about our spiritual journey and how important it is for us to make sure that we are traveling in the right way and uh, where we're getting our, our direction. So I want to speak about this journey of life, and it's, it's logical to kind of divide your life in three phases, past, present, and future. And it is important to, to know where we are uh, at, at at the moment because right now um, we, we physically are in the present, but some people in their thought life get stuck. So the title of what I want to share with you this morning is Don't Get Stuck. Don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck in your thought life even in, in the future. It's interesting that, um, that we find the situation when Lazarus died, that when Jesus arrived at the house of his two sisters, that Martha immediately kind of <laughs> went back into the past and said, Lord, you should have been here four days ago when he died. And then Jesus encourages her, and he says, your brother will rise again. Then immediately she goes back to the future. And she says, I know he will rise one day in the resurrection day. And Jesus brings her into the present. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And many of us fall in the same trap. If only, and we, we dwell on the past. And if not on the past, we, we focus on, on the future. So here's what, what can happen to you. you. You have three choices concerning your thought life. You can either become a prisoner of past hurts and regrets. You can become a hostage of future fears or fantasies. Or you can become a ruler over present realities with the help of God. And I believe that's what, what He wants from us. Now, if you um, read with me from Philippians 3, I just want to read three verses there. Verses 12 to 14, I want to use the Good News translation. It's a paraphrase. And Paul says the following there. He says, I do not claim that I have already succeeded or have already become perfect. I keep striving to win the prize for which Christ has already won me to himself. Of course, my friends, I really do not think that I've already won it. But the one thing I do, however, is to forget what is behind me and do my best to reach what is ahead. 
So I run straight toward the goal in order to win the prize, which is God's call through Jesus Christ to the life above. Now, if you look at verse 13, there are three statements there that, that are important. Paul says, first of all, concerning the past, I forget what is behind me. He says, that's it. Concerning the present, he says, I'm doing my best. That's one thing that I'm doing right now. I'm focusing on the now. And then concerning the future, he says, I am reaching towards the goal that God has for me. And here's uh, what I want to share with you this morning. I want to kind of take those words of, of Paul and um, just reword them and give you three important pointers. The first thing is we need to learn from the past. Obviously, my past is a reality, but it's a past reality. I need to, to learn from that. And what Paul says here, he says, I forget the things that are behind me. Wasn't that Paul was old at this stage and was suffering from amnesia? This was deliberate and selective amnesia. Because I want to show you this. Because in the Old Testament, uh, I, I, I found this interesting that in, um, in Isaiah 43, God echoes the same sentiment, and He says this to Israel in Isaiah 43, verse 18. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. He says, now it springs up. He says, I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. But just a few chapters on, it seems like God is contradicting himself because in chapter 46, verse 9, he says, remember the things I have done in the past. Was God confused? No. God wanted us to have, and Israel to have, selective amnesia. There are things that you should not keep dwelling on. They happened, but I need to realize that's the past. God is doing a new thing. And it's important for us to not get stuck uh, uh, concerning those, those issues in, in, in the past. Now, of course, there are some good things that we need to remember. But you know what? Selective amnesia means I remember the fact that we, we beat Nigeria uh, in, in soccer. We beat the French. But I forget the cricket. I wipe that out of my mind. I don't go there. I hope they'll do better today. But even... Whatever happens, we're moving forward. We need to practice selective amnesia. Now, I know this is maybe not uh, the place to quote a person like this. I'm going to quote a lot of people today, by the way. But there was, <laughs> I quoted Paul the Apostle. I want to quote another Paul. He was known as Wimpo, Paul Kruger. And <laughs> he made a statement just a few weeks before his death in a letter to someone, and I can sum it up in, in these words. He says, take the things, the good things of the past, and build your future on them. So we actually can learn from the past. We can take what is valuable. We need to forget those bad things, but we need to build a future on, on the things that, that God wants us to. And I want to say, God gives us precious memories. Don't forget the, the good things in your life. Dear people, uh, significant events, precious memories. But we need to make sure 
that we leave the past behind while we're learning from him. You don't go on holiday and come back with all your dirty laundry and take your, your baggage to the office. You deal with it. You, you wash it. And sometimes this is what we do. We drag baggage from the past into our present. And I hope you can see this morning as a funeral service. And I'm serious about that because we're going to bury the failures of the past. We're going to deal with that. And thank God that there is a, uh, that there's an opportunity to have these failure funerals. And, and I, I, I want to say this. Remember concerning failure. Failure is an incident, not an individual. Failure is an event, not a person. You might have failed in the past, but God doesn't see you as a failure. God wants you to go on from that. You see, when you give up, when you resign to your failures, that's when you become like your failures. But God doesn't see you as a failure because you're a new creation. That's what the Bible says. And not just that, he says, you are being renewed in the inner man on a daily basis. That's what we need to, to work at. I want to quote a man called Thomas Dexter Jakes, maybe better known as T.D. Jakes. He said this, you cannot spend your life in the graveyard of guilt dealing with the corpses of the past. Know when things are dead. Know when to release them and bury them. If you continue to work with the dry bones of dead issues, you too will begin to decay. No amount of work will resuscitate a corpse. Sign the death certificate and bury the past. That's what we need to do. We need to move on with God. Do not dwell on past hurts and past failures. Do not dwell on unhealthy relationships, on broken dreams. Don't stick with old methods and unproductive traditions. Don't get stuck in the area of, of griefs and grievances and, and all of those things from the past. Let's move on. Let me put it this way. Do not allow your past failures to deflate your dignity. And don't even allow past successes to inflate your vanity. <laughs> Just move on with God. Amen. So learn from the past, but then leave the past. Uh, don't live in the past, but live in the present. That's the second thing that I want to focus on. Live in the present. It's good to go down memory lane occasionally, but don't get lost in the neighborhood of nostalgia. Don't become a permanent resident in the region of reminiscence. <laughs> Come on, live in the present. That's what Paul says. He says in, in verse 13, right now there's one thing that I do, and I don't do it half-heartedly. He says, I do my best. That's the most important thing that I'm focusing on. Don't live your life in reverse. Focus on the now. When God introduced himself to Moses, he said, I am 
That's my name. Not I was. God is in the present in your now. Robert Schuller, American preacher, said this, there'll never be another now I'll make the most of today. There'll never be another me I'll make the most of myself. Wow. So be sensitive to what God wants to do now. We need to live in the now season and recognize it. Solomon, in his great wisdom, if I can quote him, says this in, in the book of Julio. The book of Julio, or the book of Enrique, if, you, if you're another generation. Julio Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. <laughs> he says, there's an opportune time to do things. A right time for everything on the earth. We need to recognize the now season. Many years ago when we still played good rugby, <laughs> I had the privilege of being involved with the, with the Springbok team and they were, I think half of the squad were committed Christians. And we used, to, um, we used to send videos and things for them on their tours and had Bible studies for them. And one day, I received an SMS from one of the guys, and he was a prop forward. Now, if you know anything about rugby, prop forwards are not known usually for <laughs> being the brightest because they just need to push. That's all. They need brawn, not brains. So I was quite impressed when I received this SMS, Nochol, from a prop forward. And here's what it said. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. And I checked whether it really came from this guy because it was so profound. But that is such an amazing statement. Think about this. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. Because that door only remains open for a while. That's the now moment that we need to be aware of. That's when we walk, need to walk through that door. I cannot, as I said, live my life in reverse. It's dangerous to drive your car looking in the rearview mirror the whole time. Obviously, you have to glance every now and then, but you don't keep on looking in the rearview mirror. You cannot look back all the time. Look what happened to Mrs. Lot. She looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. I, I saw a taxi driver the other day who looked back, and he turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> don't, don't keep on looking back. <laughs> Here's another uh, uh, beautiful statement that I found somewhere. Somebody said this way, don't stumble over something behind you because it means you're going backwards. Keep on moving forward with God. Um, so don't be paralyzed by yesterday, don't be hypnotized by tomorrow, but get mobilized for today. And uh, 
I found this anonymous quote somewhere. Somebody said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Wow. God has a present for you every day. And um, here's an interesting scripture that I want to share with you uh, from Jeremiah, or one of his writings, the book of Lamentations. It's amazing that anything good can come out of a book called Lamentations. <laughs> but, um, but here's what he says in, in Lamentations 3, verses 22 and 23. He says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. That's so beautiful. His mercies are new and fresh every morning. When I read the scripture, I, I thought of the milkman. Uh, you'll have to go and Google that. You don't even know what a milkman is because it's from bygone days. How, anybody here can remember the milkman? Colin? Let me call on somebody my age. Now, Here's what, what used to happen. The milkman used to deliver fresh milk every morning. Come, hail, rain, sleet, snow. He was faithful. The milk was there on your doorstep. Great is his faithfulness. <laughs> the milkman. <laughs> Greater even is God's faithfulness because he has fresh mercies. You don't have to go on last week's sour mercies. God has something new and something fresh for you, but you need to go and appropriate. You need to take that milk and bring it into your, your life. Let me quote somebody else, um, a Roman poet in English. We know him as, as Horace. His real name was Quintus Horatius Flaccus. And he had a, a famous two-word quote shorter than his name. Carpe diem in Latin, which means seize the day, grab the moment. And that's the message of the Bible too. There's a now moment. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. We need to become aware of the fact that we need to live in the present and that we need to make use of, of that moment. Now is the time of favor, uh, the Lord says. And then in Ephesians, Paul says, make the most of every opportunity. So we need to become aware of the now moment. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't learn from yesterday uh, or that we shouldn't prepare for the future, but we need to live in the now moment. I read a, a beautiful story by Dwight, Dwight L. Moody. He was a, a, an American preacher in, in the 19th century. And he tells the story of two men who wanted to go and celebrate something. They lived on a bay, and the place, the pub, where they wanted to go and celebrate was on the other side of the bay. So they got into a little boat. They started rowing across the bay, and then got there and celebrated a little bit too much. It was late at night. There was a fog that came up over the sea. They... When they got into the boat, they tried to figure out the direction that they had to start rowing in. 
and they, they started rowing, and then they rowed, and they rowed, and they, they couldn't see in this, this big fog. They just couldn't reach the other side of the bay. And eventually, from exhaustion, they fell asleep. And as the sun came up and the fog disappeared, they woke up and found that they were still in the same place because they never untied the rope. <laughs> and, and there's such a, a, a lesson in that because some of us are still tied to the dock of days gone by. We still... Uh, stuck at the pier of yesteryear. <laughs> Cut that rope. Deal with the past. Move on with God. Because God has something fresh and something new for you. Now, also, let me say this about living in the present. Some people, and I'll speak about the future just now, but don't fear the future and live in the present just one day at a time. It's important to trust God day by day. Martin Luther King Jr., American Baptist minister, and we know him well as a civil rights leader, said this. He speaks about a staircase, and you know when you, when you see a staircase going up in a building, you cannot see the top. He says, just take this first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. And some of us, are staring up the steps instead of stepping up the stairs. Just take the first step in faith. How difficult it might be. Just take it one day at a time. Jesus taught us to pray and to trust God on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread, not our bread for the month. Trust God on a daily basis. Take it day by day. I need to tell you about something that happened to me when I was, uh, I think it was just, just in high school. I had the privilege of uh, going on a tour somewhere, on a bus tour. And I know my parents didn't have the money. But they scraped the money together to send me on this tour. And my mom packed my bags because I'm still not a good packer today. Thank God for my wife. <laughs> but she packed my bags, and she gave me clear instructions. She said, listen, uh, here's how long the tour is. I've actually, you don't have to wash clothes. There is a layer of clothes for every day. And then here's the laundry bag. As soon as you've done with this day's clothes, put it in the laundry bag, and, and that's it. And we'll wash it when we get home. Because she knows boys, boys will sometimes go with the same underwear for a couple of days. So I kind of faithfully followed her instructions, so I got through day one, day two, day three. When I took day three's layer, under that was some biltong. So I was so blessed because everything was paid for on this tour, but here was something extra. Just her love, her thoughtfulness blessed me. I was so tempted to go through... <laughs> the layers to see if there's something else. And I did discover a few days later, here's something else. But I remained faithful to her instructions. <laughs> and here's what I want to say to you. 
God has already packed your destiny. God has a layer for each day. Trust Him day by day. And here's the beautiful thing. Every now and then, there's this bonus, there's the surprise from God that you never needed, you never asked for it, but just to show His love and His faithfulness and His thoughtfulness. So live life day by day. Trust Him on a daily basis. Don't fear the future. Don't look too, too far ahead. I like what um, Charles Spurgeon said, the, the well-known English uh, preacher. He said, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It only empties today of its strength. So I kind of adapted Charles Spurgeon's words. And here's what I want to say to you. Don't borrow sorrow from tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus said tomorrow will deal with itself. Focus on today. And don't be anxious about the future. Take it step by step. And God is going to, to, to lead you. Uh, Corrie ten Boom famous Dutch evangelist and humanitarian in the Second World War, she said the following, and again, you'll have to go and Google this because you have no idea what I'm talking about. She speaks about a rocking chair. <laughs> and she you know what a rocking chair is? <laughs> there are pictures even on Google. Maybe we should start something on YouTube, how to use a rocking chair in three easy steps. But... <laughs> But here's what she says. She says, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And that's, that's so true. We sometimes allow these anxious thoughts to occupy our minds. Our minds are busy, but it's not fruitful. It doesn't produce anything. So we need to get rid of all the anxiety, and we need to focus on, on what God has for us. And we need to just keep on moving forward. Take it step by step, but keep on going with God. I know this is probably not appropriate to, to quote this guy here, but there's some good advice that we can learn from him. Johnny Walker. <laughs> keep walking. <laughs> Still good advice, even if it was said in the wrong spirit. <laughs> Just keep on going. That's the Christian life. Cora and I went shopping one day. It was after hours, because it's the safest time to do shopping. We went to a mall, and almost all the shops were closed, and uh, <laughs> there were kids playing on the escalator, because there was nobody in the mall, really. And I watched these kids. They were running up the escalator that was moving down. And you know, you have to move faster than the escalator to get there. And when I saw that, I got this picture in my mind of the Christian life. You need to keep on going. Because if you don't, the world will pull you down. That's what, what the Bible says. 
It says our minds must be renewed, otherwise we'll be conformed to the image of this world. We need to be transformed. It's a, a daily renewal. And so I want to encourage you, keep walking, keep going, keep climbing. There are new things that God has for you. Backsliding is not really always stepping back. Backsliding is standing still, because when you stand still, you'll go down. So we need to keep on moving with God and keep on, on, on going forward. Let me just say this, because sometimes I hear people that every five minutes God speaks to them, that God told me this. I'm not at that spiritual level yet, I'll be honest with you. But here's what I've learned. If I don't hear from God, I've learned to keep on doing what He told me to do the last time. Because if God wants to, ch wants to change anything, He'll tell me. So I want to encourage you, keep on going, keep on moving, keep on doing what He told you to do. Don't stop. Go ahead with him. Let me get to the last point, and that is to lay hold of the future. Once you've gone down memory lane and, and you've turned down uh, out of the, the neighborhood of nostalgia and you've made a, a U-turn, just keep on going. Uh, Paul says in Philippians 3, he says, I keep striving, I keep reaching, I keep running. And it's so important for us to to kind of locate ourselves and to find out where we are at, at at the moment. And so it's so easy to to camp in a comfortable place. But God has a future for us. I've uh, I've I've seen this in 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 the church that, that we grew up in that sometimes people camp at an experience like Pentecost. It's so easy to camp at Pentecost or at any other spiritual experience. But God's train is moving on. Don't get off at a particular station. God has a final destination for you. Keep on moving with Him and, and allow Him to, to take you forward into what He has for you. So um, sometimes God gives us a gate it's an experience, and we make it a goal. God just wants us to move through that gate and move towards the goal that He has for us. So I want to encourage you, don't get comfortable. Keep on moving with God and, and lay hold of the future and contend the faith. Al Bernard, uh, an American preacher uh, in uh, New York, said the following, If you do not have a vision for the future, then your future is threatened to be a repeat of your past because you'll make the same mistakes. So have that vision from God, that vision uh, for your future. Helen Keller, we, we should all know who she is. She was a famous American author and speaker. She lost her sight and her hearing before uh, she was two years old. And she said this, the greatest tragedy, tragedy in life is people who have sight but no vision. We need to have a vision for the future. We need to have a vision for eternity. 
I want to close with, uh, with a prayer that I want to read for us. And it's quite a challenging prayer. It's not a pleasant prayer. But sometimes, you know, it's like we, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to comfort the afflicted, but to also afflict the comfortable. And if you become comfortable, this prayer should challenge you. This prayer, I've adapted it a little bit, but it was attributed to Sir Francis Drake, British mariner, and he must have been a man of great courage and vision because he was the first Englishman to sail around the world. And listen what he prayed. Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too pleased with ourselves. When our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little. When we arrive safe and sound because we sailed too close to the shore. Disturb us, us, Lord, to dare more bravely and boldly to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. Wow. And sometimes we need to be disturbed to get us out of our comfort zone because God has something bigger, something greater, something far more glorious. So I want to encourage you today. Learn from the past. Live in the present, but lay hold of the future. And maybe I can close with a last quote from a man called Augustine, who lived in the fifth century. He said, trust the past to God's mercy, the present to his love, and the future to his providence. God has a journey for you. Don't get stuck. Move on, women. Let's stand.